I think that'll be interesting to see. Um, only because, you know, DeGrom is, like, is somebody that nobody expected him to be like that. You know what I mean? Like, he's just insane. So, I think it's a good move for him. But at the same time, like, you still wanted to see him in the All-Star game. But that's just me. 100%. You're... All right, you ready? Ready when you are. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be taking bites here and there, so I won't talk when I won't talk when you're talking. I'll be eating. Okay, sounds good. All right, in three, two, one. Just the boys from the south. And this is the boys from the south. Ladies and gentlemen, Sports and Shorts podcast. Let's go. It's time for Let's Go, baby. Sports in Shorts. You know what time it is. Zero. All engine running. Sports in shorts. It's the boys from the south. Giving you sports and more. From the 903. And the 504. And welcome to the Sports and Shorts Podcast, episode 6. Uh, I am your host, Colin Vidros, alongside with me, my guy, Andrew Simon. Andrew, how are we feeling today? We're feeling really good, bro. We're feeling really good. How you doing today, man? Doing pretty good. You know, I uh, came to Natchitoches last night, thought it was pretty cool, um, and was doing some pretty cool stuff, so uh, excited to see what happens next. That's pretty much how I've pretty much lived all throughout this year, and I think it's working so far. Mm, heck yeah, bro. Heck yeah. Hey, you know what? All right, well, let's jump right into it. Andrew, what do you have for your quick stories for today? Well, my quick stories is going to start with the Rangers quick story. I know I'm biased, but why not? Have to be. Start it with something I love. Yeah. Texas Rangers rookie John Hicks is the first player in Rangers slash Senators history to homer four times in his first four games in the big leagues and only the sixth batter in MLB history to do the same. Wow. Anthony Rendon. Is on the the Angels' third baseman is now on the injured list for the third time this season. What are they going to do? I don't know. I mean, they might as well go ahead and start bringing third baseman up from their AAA because if he's going to keep getting hurt, they're going to have to have somebody to sub out their backup with. So, yeah, what I'm thinking. And then point three is Suns win Game One of the NBA Finals. Chris Paul dropped 32 points with nine assists, and Giannis. 20 with 17 rebounds, but it still wasn't enough. Again, I'm saying Suns are going to sweep him. I'm going to call it because Giannis isn't 100%, and even if he was, he's the only one that's an actual playmaker and offensive threat. Everyone else has to be either open or has to get fouled. So um, I'm calling Suns sweeping four. I'll I'll say a little bit about the Bucks. I mean, Giannis is definitely one of the – the bigger tools in that lineup. But, I mean, you have to give credit where credit is due. Middleton is not somebody to just push around. You know what I mean? Like, Middleton's one of those guys that's like, okay, he's he's not there yet, but he's going to be something amazing in the next few years. I think he's still a key factor in that series, but we'll just have to see. I pick Suns uh, either five or six games. That's just me. So, quick, quick stories, my guy. All right, let's get it. So uh, Trey Mancini is going to the Derby. If you remember from him, uh, he recovered from colon cancer a couple years back, and now he's fully um, able to be in the All-Star game. And with that, I have the full Hormone Derby list. You ready for this? Let's go. So we have from Colorado, Trevor Story. From the Orioles, Trey Mancini. 
the Mets, Pete Alonso, uh, the Angels, Shohei Otani, saw that coming. Uh, Juan Soto from the Nationals, good pick. Uh, Matt Olson from the A's, Joey Gallo, your guy from Texas Rangers, and Salvador Perez. So I think it's going to be a really cool uh, to see that. And with that, I will also say, to go to my next point, Adoltis Garcia makes his first ever All-Star Game appearance with the Rangers. I think that's going to be really cool. Um, and it's really cool to see how that prospect in Texas is going to do as well. And for my third point, I have the Astros complete a midweek series of the A's. Altuve with the 3-1 bomb last night. And then Tucker with the solo shot. Um, and just announced today that Altuve is not going to be going to the All-Star game. In fact, the Astros will have three All-Stars. It'll be Carlos Correa, Michael Brantley, and uh, I think it's Der- Derek Presley or something like that. But those are the three that'll be in Colorado next week. Dang. It's pretty I'll tell crazy. you what, this Sports and Swords podcast, this episode has got a lot of Texas Rangers, and I do not mind it one bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, you got to see, you got to see everything through. So mm-hmm, you do, and they're they're not doing the best this season, but they got some standout players that are going to pop out of nowhere, and I guarantee it. One hundred percent. I was watching a replay of a. Uh, I think it was Detroit versus Texas and Joey Gallo just going nuts, which I'm not yeah, surprised. Yeah, Joey Gallo, he's hit, I think, two days ago, he hit 10 home runs in his last 10 games. Amazing. Like, how do you do and that? Three of those hit two. So, like, I mean, he hit two last night as well. Yeah. He's, he's going off right now. I agree with you there. So, speaking of uh, freakish human beings, what do you have for your big story? All right. Shohei Otani, we all know this man to be superhuman. We all know this man to be the one who threw a 101-mile-an-hour fastball and then hit a home run with an exit velo of 107. Yep. This man is something of a legend in baseball. And he will be pitching and hitting in the All-Star game. Yes. What else can you say other than this man deserves the MVP? I agree with I'm, that. I'm saying it right now. I love the Rangers on my heart, and we hate the Angels. But you have you can't you can't like can't say Shohei Otani does not deserve MVP with what he's doing. One hundred percent. He's throwing seven shutout innings and then going into right field for yep. the rest of the game because his bat is so significant and his pitching is so significant. I think you can make the All argument too. I think you can make the I argument too that if. If if Degrom like if there wasn't a Cy Young Award winner like for pitchers and everything, I think you would make the argument that Degrom could be in that category too. But I think he'll probably win more of the Cy Young instead of the MVP, only because Otani is just a, a a dominant hitter and he could pitch really well too. ZRA is kind of going up a little bit, but um, you could you could definitely say that Otani is definitely in the running, if not in the lead for the MVP this year. I mean, a lot of the younger guys are doing. Amazing. I know I've talked about Tatis and Ju- Vlad Jr. on this podcast, but like, get, like Otani is just different. Like you've you've heard people say, "Oh, I'm built different." You're not built like Otani. You're not. You're not that guy. That's just how it is. And honestly, like I don't think anybody else in this nation, especially, I don't think anybody else is like generating that kind of talent. At least for right now, I say that like kind of with a grain of salt. But I mean, we'll just have to see what happens. I think it'll be really cool to see. What happens when Otani plays an All Star game next week? So, I agree, and I, I'm just I'm 
I'm ready to see what he will do in the All-Star game. Because when you pitch and hit, I want to see how that works. I've never seen somebody pitch and hit at the same time. Not in this era, like right. A double switch maybe or something, I, I would guess. Um, That's what I would I think know. too. I would also, think so. Also, I want to yeah. think about Sohei. He crushed his 32nd homer of the season, and he is now the leader for the most home runs in a single season by a Japanese-born player. My goodness. Oh, I did yeah. see that. Yeah, so, I did see that last night. Yes. That was that was a crazy statistic to see. Right yes, 100%. So, yeah, that was my big story. But I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. And, I mean, they're going to have fun with it. So he's going to be all smiles and happy. And I want him to see – I want to see him jack one dead center. Oh, I just can't wait. That's going to be that's gonna be exciting to see. I want to see who what, uh, what pitcher is going to actually pitch to him correctly. So I guess we'll have oh, to see about that. I, I want to, if Jacob Degrom was going to be there, I would want to see him throw him, throw him a hundred and one right down the middle. See if Otani can just rip it to center field. If Chapman, if Chapman wasn't playing for the Yankees and he was playing for an NL team, what kind of like insane stat would that be? Like to see that happen, you know what I mean? But I, I mean, I don't know. Money. That I would, I would pay a lot of money to see that. Uh, speaking about a lot of money, a lot of things going on tonight with my big story. It's. Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor this weekend in Las Vegas. Going to be a really, really exciting card. A lot of things going really well on this card. So if you don't remember from the first fight with Dustin Poirier and McGregor, uh, McGregor won that one. And then Poirier came back in the second match and completely obliterated McGregor in the second and third round. Um, Just an exciting thing to see. A really good lightweight match. Uh, If you don't really watch UFC that much, it's really, really entertaining for this weekend especially. Um, a lot of big stories going around, uh, and I'll kind of go over the card a little bit. So Bantamweight, Sean O'Malley, 13-1, and one, and then against Chris Moutinho for the Bantamweight, ty- uh, just for the Bantamweight match. And then women's Bantamweight, Irene Aldana versus Yana Kunitsaka. That's going to be a really good match as well. Um, and then in heavyweight, we have Ty Tuvasa versus Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy, you know the story about him. If you don't, look it up. It's really, really interesting. And then in welterweight, uh, the co-main event, which, I mean, we're all watching pretty much Poirier and McGregor at this point. Uh, Gilbert Burns versus Stephen Thompson. Um, that one's going to be exciting as well. I like to watch the weatherweight, the welterweight, and see how that works. So, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put my prediction as I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Dustin Poirier in four rounds, um, or I, I honestly either four or five rounds. I think Poirier just has enough edge to it. Um, but again, I, I'm going to say that with a grain of salt as well, because I mean, we've, we, we have not seen anybody like McGregor in the past few years, except for like Adesanya and like Usman or something like that. That's, that's really what I'm seeing out of it. But I I pick McGregor, I pick Poirier over this one. That's just me. I, I, I agree. I pick Poirier, but I'm actually going to go a step further. Okay. I'm going to pick Poirier. I'm not going to pick a round, but I'm going to pick it with knockout. Okay. All right. And if I had would if I had to guess, I would say within the first four rounds, he's going to TKO Conor McGregor. Dang. And okay. I'm, I'm going to go even the next step. I'm going to say it's going to be a uppercut left hook. Ooh. All right. I'm going to go with that because Poirier's got a strong left. Yes. So if you if you get him to move his head perfectly into position, go ahead and do that uppercut as you're going up. Move that left hook. Boom. Done. Wins all the money. TKO is going to be all over Sports Center for the next five years. Right. 
And you yeah. got you you're on the money with the five years part for sure. Oh um, yeah, I mean if you knock out Conor McGregor, you're considered a legend. I mean yeah, I mean five people have been able to beat him, so we'll just have to see what happens next. All right, so for the biggest story, um, biggest flukes in the MLB and NBA. Andrew, I'll go with you. So I, I kind of wanted to make this a um, just kind of like seeing where everything is with how like teams are doing in the MLB and the NBA. Um, give me one team from the MLB that you think has done. I guess subpar this season, and give one team from the NBA and give a reason why for both. Subpar. Um, I'm I'm a Texas Rangers fan, and a true Texas Rangers fan is not afraid to admit that they're bad. So subpar, I would say Texas Rangers. Only reason I would say that is is they had such high expectations, and they had a brand new coaching staff last year. It was their very first year, also in the midst of something where they weren't able to meet. So they didn't do good, but that's because they only got to meet for those two weeks before they finished the spring training and then started the 60-game season. Right. But they had to build up team chemistry within the season. They didn't get to see each other. Now, this year, they had a spring training. They had practices and team meetings and stuff. So I thought with all these different picks we've got, like Sam Huff, I think he's still in AAA, but he came up and played that one game and dominated. John Hicks, like I said this time, Adolis Garcia. They all got brought up, and we all thought, oh, my goodness, we're going to start winning a whole bunch of games. But you look at us, and we only win home games. Only win home games. And that's not efficient as an MLB team. Because if you can only win home games, one, you're not going to go to the playoffs, period. But if you do, you're not going to go anywhere in the playoffs. Yes. Because you have to play at each stadium. So if you only win at your stadium, and the very last game that's a decider is at their stadium, and we don't win away games, then we're not going to win. So we need to fix how we approach away games, and we need to fix the fact that we need to win more. Um, and then also, we have great players and amazing defensive plays. Isaiah Conner for left the number one shortstop right now in stats, saves, assists, all these different things. Can't really hit too well right now. Right. So you've got to try to find a way to balance it as a team. So all, all overall, I would say Texas Rangers subpar for those reasons. NBA team subpar. Ooh, um, you know, I I don't really know. Um, I didn't watch a lot of NBA this year, but I, I I'm going to go with subpar playoff teams. In I'll go ahead and just go straight to the playoffs with my subpar team, the Lakers. And I'm going to say the Lakers because. Why did they not get past the first round? If LeBron James is all this and that, and if Anthony Davis, even if he was hurt, but if he's all this and that, how do you lose in the first round? I don't understand that if LeBron James is the king of basketball, and yes, he had to quote-unquote carry the team on his back, but you've seen him do it years and years, for years and years. Literally, he did that with Cleveland, and they got a championship. He's doing that with the Lakers, who actually have a, in my opinion, it, except for point guard position because they had Kyrie, in my opinion, they have a better overall team than the Cleveland Cavaliers did. Because you look at, you look at me, you have Anthony Davis. This guy is a machine. Again, yes, he was hurt, I understand that. But still, you know, when you've got an overall team that's better than when you carried the Cavaliers to a win, 
how how are you going to lose in the first round? I that's and that's my opinion. I mean, everybody else is going to have a different opinion. Some people may agree, some people not. That's fine. But in my opinion, if you're going to build a stacked team, you need to be able to win as a stacked team and not lose in the first round of the playoff. You know what I'm saying? I agree with you there. Um, a lot of things, a lot of things haven't been going right for for the Rangers, but I will say they have a pretty good lineup. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are that are getting up there, and it you know things aren't what they what they used to be. I mean, like you, you talk about the Rangers and you talk about 2012 through like 2015 seasons, like you talk about those things, and you talk about like how they've played the Cardinals in the World Series and they've done all these things. Um, they just couldn't finish with it. But I think Texas has a bright future and. I'm excited to see where that goes. I, I'll, I'll go for my uh, NBA team, actually, first. Um, I, I'm kind of torn between the two. Um, but if I had to pick between, it would be the 76ers and the Pelicans. And I'm going to pick the 76ers a little bit more. Only because, even with the shortened season, even with being in the bubble, uh, still number one in the East, and they were doing a whole lot of things that made them seem like they were a really good team. They need to get rid of Ben Simmons. That's just plain and simple. Everybody knows this at this point. Um, getting rid of them would probably make their team a little bit better. And I guess it's just a waste of pick. I get that he's from LSU. I get that he was a great prospect coming out of Baton Rouge. But at the same time, you have to look at the you have to look at the level of play that he's playing on and try to base everything off of that. And from what I've seen and from what have, what we've seen in the playoffs, it's just not the same. Like we just don't we don't see nothing that comes out of that. So um, that's my thing for the NBA. And then I'll go to MLB for mine. I'm going to have to say the Yankees. There's a lot of things going right with the Yankees with the lineup. I mean, you have Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton. Um, you have a pretty decent pitching core. And they're fourth in the AL East. Boston's doing really good this year, which I was kind of okay with. I think Tampa probably uh, closed out the division. Um, but the Yankees are eight and a half games behind the Red Sox. I mean... Like you're doing about as they're and they're not doing terrible. Let me just let me just put that on front street. They're not doing terrible. But like the expectation was just so high for the Yankees this year. Like they're gonna be back to being the Bronx Bombers that everybody knows, and we just haven't seen that fulfilled. We've seen a couple things from Aaron Judd and we've seen a couple things from John Carlos Stanton, but they've kinda gone down a little bit. I think the hype from both of them has kind of went down a little bit. Um but you have to look at the whole team too. Glaber Torres is a superstar. Uh, well, who am I? Who am I thinking of? Um, Brett Gardner. Yeah, Brett Gardner is still in the league, still doing things. I mean, he's still a very useful part of that lineup. But there's a lot of things that the Yankees could use. I mean, they need a better pitching core for me. That's just from what I'm saying. Aroldis Chapman's kind of gone down a little bit, and um, that's pretty much it. Aaron Boone is not this like leader of men that people think that he is, and that's that's really what you need if you're going to be a head coach or you're going to be a manager for a club or anything like that, you have to be a leader of men. You have to have that stigma that's going to make people want to win. And I don't think they have that in New York. And that's just me, at least from the Yankee side. The Mets side, however, is doing uh, pretty well. I mean, Washington's kind of going up there a little bit. Um, and I would kind of put as my second place, like, um, fluke team, I guess you would say, would be Atlanta. I know that I know they have Ronald Acuna. They have Dansby Swanson. They have a really good uh, pitching core over there as well. Um, just not seeing a whole lot of growth from that, but that's just me. 
I, I feel I like do. if the Yankees are able to do something, it has to be at least midseason or at least try to turn things around, at least get a wild card or something. I mean, you have to compete against uh, Cleveland and Oakland and Tampa Bay for a wild card spot right now. But, I mean, you still have a chance to do something like after the All-Star game. At least stay above 500 for that. I mean, they are right now, but just trying to get a little bit closer into the win percentage. Getting at least to 80 or 90 wins would help out a lot for them. So, that's just me. 100%. And I, I, I think the same thing for the Rangers. If they can turn it around after this midseason break, um, maybe that was, maybe that's all they need. Because, all, I mean, their pitchers, their starting pitchers actually are really good. It's their backup relief pitchers and closers that aren't the absolute best. Right, right. But, like, with Jordan Lyles, he came back from a 10-day IL and threw six shutout no innings. I mean, uh, six shutout innings. Yes. Like, okay, question mark. And then their closer, Josh Spores, is actually insane. He throws heat. I went to the game where they played um, – it was the Royals. It was the second game of the series, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago. Josh Spores was closing the game out. He threw the last three innings and got taken out of the ninth on a single. But he had – they didn't get a hit into the ninth inning. He is efficient. He is good. So they have I, – I agree. They just need to be able to turn it around after the midseason. And also with Garrett Cole and the Yankees, after the substance rule came in, his ERA went up by .20 points. Which is and not good. He's, he's been getting more hits more runs, stuff, all these different things. So it's like, ooh, ooh, okay, he needs to learn how to pitch without sunscreen, whatever it was that he was using, if anything. Because there's a huge difference there. Most people wouldn't think that a .20 bump up in an ERA is a big deal. But when you look at all the stats and what he's now averaging compared to what he was, that's kind of a bummer for Garrett Cole. I agree. And, I mean, there's a lot of things that the Yankees are, were hoping to have this season, and they just haven't shown up. So that's it mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's going to do it for us here on the Sports and Shorts podcast. Thank you for listening to Episode 6. Also, check out our other five episodes um, for that. I know we missed Andrew last week. Excited to have him back for Episode 6, baby. Um, really, really cool. Yes, sir. <laughs> Um, but check out those episodes and then we'll also have another poll this week and check out uh, fun fact Friday coming up tomorrow as well. Um, so long for now and we'll get to see y'all in the next episode. Peace out. See y'all guys.